Grace be to you in peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I invite you to turn your attention to our first lesson, through Genesis chapter 6, especially verses 11 through 14. We're reminded that, like Noah, we too need to prepare an ark to save our families. We pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. One of the major themes of Advent, of course, is prepare. Lots of reminders of that. Lights, music, advertising, everything around us at this time of year reminds us that we're preparing for Christmas. But Advent at church reminds us that we're preparing to celebrate more than just gifts. We're preparing to celebrate the gift. The wonderful gift that God gave us the birth of his son to be our savior. There's another theme that comes out from our scripture readings this morning. Prepare. Prepare for a second advent. The time when Jesus is going to be coming again in glory. Not just as a baby to save us, but as a glorious king to judge the world. Our first reading today talks about Noah and the flood because in our gospel lesson, Jesus mentioned Noah and the flood. He mentioned that we can learn something from what happened in the days of Noah as we prepare for his coming again in glory. Moses tells us by inspiration of the Holy Spirit that in the days of Noah, in the sight of God, the earth was morally corrupt and the earth was filled with violence. A phrase in the sight of God caught my attention seems to be indicating that probably in the, in the sight of everyone else, things were just fine. In fact, in the sight of other people, they might have thought things were better than they had been. That they had reached an age of enlightenment, when those old, stodgy morals of their forefathers were out of date and they'd been replaced with something new. With an acceptance of what we would call immorality. As was the case later, when God looked at the earth, he didn't just take second-hand reports. He told this also to Abraham with the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. I, I'm not just listening to reports, but it says, God looked at the earth and saw that it was corrupt, for all flesh was corrupt in all their ways on earth. As we look around the world today, we might think that God's assessment of our world would be pretty much similar to the assessment of the days of Noah. We who don't have the perfect insight and perfect view of God would say the world looks to us to be morally corrupt and filled with violence. Many in our world today have gotten to the point where they think that there's a, a moral enlightenment, that they've been freed from those old stodgy rules of their forefathers to kind of a new morality. When everything that used to be considered immoral is now not only considered normal, but even celebrated. And those like us who still hold to biblical morality are, are viewed as holding society back from this new enlightenment. But what society calls enlightened morality has led to the destruction of the family, which certainly has led to 
increase of immorality and violence. You just look at the studies of places where there are very few intact families, and many of the children in those areas don't even know who their father is. That's where there's a lot of violence. Consider the rise of hateful language in our society. Consider things like human trafficking, and certainly we have to think about all of the attacks on society and mass murders. As God looks at the earth today, he certainly sees that it is morally corrupt and filled with violence. Although it may not be as bad as it was in the days of Noah, after all, we would say there are more than eight believers left on the face of the earth, God still has to look at it and be grieved. And he has to say, My spirit will not contend with humans forever, for they are mortal. In fact, Jesus lets us know very clearly that God the Father has set a day when this world is going to be destroyed. Not this time by a worldwide flood, but this time the destruction of fire. As it was in the days of Noah, People will be going about their business, Jesus said, doing their normal everyday things, and most will be ignorant of what about is about to happen, because they've chosen to be ignorant of the scriptures and chosen to ignore those who are today preachers of righteousness, as Noah was in his day. By God's grace, we are not ignorant. By God's grace, he has revealed his plan to us in his scriptures. We know that the end of the world is coming. We know the signs that Jesus gave us and the apostles gave us are being fulfilled and that we are nearer now than when we first believed. So what do we do? God told Noah to prepare an ark. To build this huge wooden box. That's not going to do us any good, is it? The world's not going to be destroyed by water. It's going to be destroyed by fire, and a wooden box will be burned up. So what do we do? How do we prepare for the second coming of our Lord? First of all, we're told that Noah was a righteous man, a man of integrity. God could see into Noah's heart, of course, as he could see into ours, and he saw a heart of faith. So Noah was righteous through faith, not by what he did. And he saw that Noah was willing to respond to his love toward Noah, God's love toward Noah, and he was willing to do whatever that God asked him to do, even if it was countercultural, even if it was considered foolish by most. That's what we need, of course, men who are like Noah, men who are righteous through faith in Jesus, men who are people of integrity. In fact, whoever happens to be ahead of a family needs to be a person of integrity, someone who's going to set a good example for their children, someone whose heart is filled with faith and in response to the love that God has shown them is willing to do whatever it is that God asks, even if it's countercultural even if it seems foolish to most. For example, they don't entrust the religious training of their children only to others. 
We might make use of things the church has to offer, a Christian school or Sunday school, but the primary education of their children is at home, where they pray together, where they read the scriptures together, where they make time during the day to make sure that everything they talk about is a connection with God and his word. They practice their faith. They make sure that they're leading their children to Christ, not leaving that for them to decide later. Earlier in chapter 6 in Genesis, it says, Every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart is only evil all the time. You know what that means. If children are left on their own to decide later whether they're going to be Christians or not, there's only one decision they can make. That's not to be a Christian. And don't forget that the Apostle Peter connected Noah and the ark with baptism. He said that just as Noah and his family were saved through the ark, so baptism now saves you also. Parents who bring their children to Christ through baptism, who continue to teach them the word every day in their homes, and who continue to set a good example by word and by deed. As Paul advises, let us put away the deeds of darkness and put on the weapons of light. Let us walk decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual sin and wild living, not in strife and jealousy. Instead, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not give any thought to satisfying the desires of your sinful flesh. Christian schools, Sunday schools, programs that the church offers can be very beneficial, but they will be mostly ineffective if what's taught from Scripture in those places isn't reinforced by teachings, words, and actions in the whole. As you see the signs that Jesus and the apostles gave, that that second advent of Jesus is coming, you see an approaching prepare an ark. Doesn't mean go build a big wooden box out in your backyard. It's not going to help you anyway as the fires of the last day come. Prepare an ark by making sure that you have a home where Jesus is Lord. By doing everything that you can to make sure that those that you love know that they have fallen short of the glory of God, that they're sin. And also that they've been justified freely by God's grace through what Jesus has done for them. That they know that Jesus lived and died to pay for their sins and rose again. Do everything you can to make sure that your home is an ark that's insulated from all of the immorality and violence of the world around us. That means not only making clear by teaching what God considers to be moral and immoral, right and wrong, but of course by practicing it yourself. It means not just restricting access to certain games or TV programs or movies or music, but explaining why. Doing the best you can to show from Scripture why God says those things aren't to be a part of our everyday lives as Christians. can't imagine that Noah following what God asked him to do was easy. Just think about all the work it took. He and probably just his sons, I don't know if he was able to hire anyone or not, but 
a small group anyway, building this huge ark. Physically exhausting. And I would think that there were probably times, just as you know if you have kids, that they were complaining, maybe even questioning the sanity of their dad. Are you building this big thing here? Is it really true? Not to mention all of the strange looks and, and mockery of all the people who were passing by. But the Bible says, Noah did everything God commanded him, just as he had been told. He did it by faith, not by sight. There wasn't anybody in the world at his time could even imagine why he would need such a big boat. There had never been that much water on the face of the earth. Like Noah, making our homes an ark isn't going to be easy either. It's hard work to fight against our own sinful nature and to make time to pray together, to make time to read the scripture together. It's not easy to fight against uh, our family's sinful nature, our children's sinful nature, who don't want to listen because they have a sinful nature. It's not going to be popular to restrict certain kinds of games or music or television or movies. You're going to get some feedback, right? Some complaining from your kids. You're going to get friends or neighbors who kind of look at you strange and wonder why you would do that. But consider what's at stake. The last day is coming. The earth and everything in it will be destroyed by fire and only those who have faith in Jesus will be saved. Imagine what would have happened if Noah would have given in to complaining and mockery of those around him and just stopped building the ark. Imagine what would have happened if he was okay with some shoddy labor or some rotten wood being a part of the ark. A reminder to us, Make sure that we strive to do everything that God has commanded us to the best of our ability, even when others think it's foolish, even when they can't see a reason. Make sure that everyone in the house knows that Jesus is their ark. It is only through him that anyone can be saved. Amen. Please stand.